Welcome everybody to episode 165 of the DC Comics News Podcast. Uh, I, uh, I'm Brad Flicky, your co-host. Uh, joining me today is the Geek Encyclopedia himself, Steve J. Ray. How are you doing, Steve? I'm great, brother. Always yeah. lovely to get on yeah. the mic and discuss all good things DC with you, my friend. Yes, always good stuff going on. Oh yeah, uh, lots of news. Yeah, yeah. So we can uh, we can jump right in here. Uh, start with some movie news. Uh, and amidst all the other announcements that have happened, it looks like the Constantine sequel uh, is still uh, moving forward, uh, which was to me surprising. Uh, what about you? Extremely surprising. I'd much rather have Batgirl. Thanks. Um, let's be honest. The Constantine movie, the first one, was a good film. It, but it wasn't a Constantine film in any way, shape or form. It should have just been called Demon Hunter and had a different character because, and let me full disclosure here, I'm a huge Keanu Reeves fan. I love his work. I love every film he's made. But this is not a Constantine film. Um, yes, it might fall under the umbrella of Elseworlds that James Gunn's announced, but there's films I'd much rather have than a film that was okay 20 odd years ago. Um, so yeah, um, pass. <laughs> that, that's, what that's my exact thoughts on this story. Uh, what, what about yourself? Are you, are you a bit happier about it? Or? Um, I'm a little more happy about it. Although I, I do agree with you that it didn't feel like a Constantine film mm. or Constantine film. Yeah. Um, as the debate goes. But I I um I, I, I kinda like how over the years this film has kind of gone gotten a cult following. Uh it didn't have much of a reputation when it came out, but now people are starting to appreciate it more and I find that kind of interesting. And I, I don't think that Keanu Reeves would just throw his name on something that he mm. didn't believe in. And he's got a good track record, so that leaves me a little bit optimistic. I don't I, I don't think I'd be going into this film expecting it to feel like Constantine's film exactly but i would take it for what it is so it might be enjoyable and i'm a little curious um uh, james gunn has talked about how every single thing will be connected so even if it's in elseworlds i'm wondering how how that would work i'd be curious to see um so um you know i'm not over the moon about it but i'll take it i mean i i can definitely see myself going to see this uh in the theaters just i, I would keep my expectations in check oh, i think it'll be a decent film because the first one was good but um it's just not constantine so why label it as such and why have it as a dc movie that's the only thing um well we'll we'll discuss more uh, later ahead because we have got news about the film i'd rather have so <laughs> let's yeah. move on yeah. to something i am happy about and that's the brand new gorgeous flash teaser poster with Barry Allen standing front and center in what looks like the Batcave with the Batwing looming over him. Fantastic image. That's got me very excited. What about you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I just love how front and center Batman is. Because that's really one of the things that I'm most excited about is how Batman is going to be integrated into this film. I mean, there's been so much uh, hype between Michael Keaton and show in the Batmobile under the, the, uh, the tarp. So I, uh, I love just my main thing about this, just how front and center Batman seemed to be in the whole thing. 
And I, man, taking Ezra Miller out of it, this is probably the single most anticipated film this year, just because there's is a lot riding on it for what's coming that, next yeah. in in the DC film universe. So I'm I'm excited for that. So any anything, I mean, we're now here in America, we're recording this the day before the Super Bowl. Yes, and I kind of got my fingers crossed that we might see a flash trailer surprise drop just over two hours i might actually stay up and look out for it online myself yeah so i'm kind of wondering if also because they released this right before the super bowl if we're going to get we're going to get a surprise so Mm -hmm. i'm not into football at all but i will try to follow the commercials to uh to see so um yeah i uh, i have my hopes kind of high for that I'm just keeping it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you don't have to worry about the game. Just watch it on YouTube. Because <laughs> we won't get the football here. So. Yeah. 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 You're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> we get some random sport called soccer instead, which I'm, I'm yeah. not a fan of either. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, up next, uh, James Gunn released another image of Superman. Um. Yeah, in Twitter, just to get people excited. Uh, and it also is an image from the upcoming Action Comics. Um, I don't want to call it a relaunch, but the dawn of DC yeah. stuff going on. So uh, what was your take on this? Well, A, it's a beautiful piece of art. It's stunning. And what I've noticed with everything that Gunn's posting, particularly about Superman, is it is a fairly radical departure from what we've had with Henry Cavill, who was a more grounded, more realistic, more gritty Superman. This seems to be a lot more blue skies, smiles. Um, Are we going to have something like a hybrid between the classic Christopher Reeve Superman, a Superman who loved being Superman and the modern day Superman as someone who's, I don't know. I mean, I'm getting the feeling that what we're going to have is the great, american apple pie classic superman of yesteryear and now don't get me wrong i love that um he is the world's greatest hero for a reason the, the first and the one that all others came from but um is that image something that'll work with a modern audience because though it breaks my heart to to say this a lot of people i speak to um look at the superman movies from uh, Richard Donner and Christopher Reeve and, and what came in the late 70s and 80s and think, well, that's just dated and outmoded. But don't we need that kind of good um, real hero, that good archetype to look forward to, that good role model? So let's see what happens. Or because they're saying casting young and starting from scratch – I'm even thinking, are they going to go for a John Kent Superman? I'm just really thinking that these images are so brilliant. I mean, the other one he posted later on uh, today was Superman over the world and city lights down below are formed in the shape of an S symbol like the people are calling out to him. So I'm getting a lot of really positive, almost hero worship vibes for this version of Superman. So, intrigued is the word i'd use for my feelings about this one what about yourself yeah you know you give me a lot to think about uh kind of i um uh, you know i think base level i think it's um 
a cool bit of cross promotion to get a little hype going for the for the new um, new phase of action comics. But you're right; it's it's a very timeless image, a very heroic image. And you know, I don't, I don't, I think we always need the apple pie Superman. You know, I think if it's done well, and it can be, there could be some way to uh, to make that. Um, seem modern and uh, and I think that that is what we're going to get I think that those images you're right I think that they do kind of point to that kind of Superman and I, I think that's something that's kind of missed you know I don't know uh, as much as I like Henry Cavill you know I don't know how much of a gritty Superman really works I think uh, S- Superman is that larger than life heroic love to be Superman type um, you don't necessarily need uh, the grittiness in Superman. So I'm kind of hoping that that's, you know, that that's what we get. Um, and, you know, I, I wasn't on last week to talk about the, um, the new slate. Mm. And um, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about it as much as I, and I don't want to get off the subject, but one of my favorite ideas in that slate is the new Superman movie yeah. because I think they can do it um, in a very um, old school, very traditional Superman type of way and they can do it well. I'm a little bit less, I'm a little bit, as much as I want a, like a booster gold movie, that seems like a very James <laughs> Gunn type of character. And so, you know, and I made my point that I kind of want to see his imprint a little less and as much as I want a booster gold movie that I, I think that's going to have James Gunn's footprints all over it. And I just hope that it works. So is, you know, so I'm going into that um, slightly mixed feelings, but the Superman movie and it, it is not one that I have mixed feelings about. And I kind of like the idea of it being a younger. Mm, Superman. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know if it would be a Jonathan. I think they should stick with Clark Kent, but um Agreed. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. These images give me hope. Because there aren't any real heroes on screen anymore. They are all dark or anti-heroes or ground-level heroes or violent heroes. So I think having the classic Superman return is it's it's about time. And they can do it well. If we look at um, Burns' era, the Man of Steel that John Byrne launched, that it was, was the favorite. perfect synthesis. It was yeah. a classic true hero of yesteryear but with a modern twist and if you throw in stories like jeff Loeb and tim sales superman for all seasons as well those stories were born to be films they, they just cinematic in their approach from day one if that's the kind of superman they're going for which these images also scream at to me that would be the perfect superman to, to start a new dcu with i mean personally that's what i think the burn man of steel era is my favorite era of Superman comics, so I'd be, I'd be all about that for sure. Um, yeah, Sign us up. About it. Yeah, every time we talk about it, we talk about it a couple times. It always makes me want to go and reread those, especially that original. I did. Series. I pulled them all out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were those bring back some good memories. Those stories and the art. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. I would. I, I'm all for it. And also uh, keeping on the James Gunn kick. Uh, he seems like he has talked to Zack Snyder uh, about his um, 
his concepts and ideas for DC moving forward. Uh, what was uh, what was your uh, take on this? Brilliant, because it will um, hopefully quiet the minds and the voices of the um, almost militant Snyder fans out there. I mean, I'm a huge Zack Snyder fan. I love everything that man's made, I'll be honest. But he wanted the same thing James Gunn did. He wanted a DC universe that was cohesive. He had a plan set out. But Warner Brothers, in their infinite lack of wisdom forced his hand made him do batman versus superman um then stole justice league from under him after a tragedy a personal family tragedy and, and now he had to step away and ruined the plans he had if his plan had succeeded if he'd have made the films he wanted to make the dcu might be in a much more stable position than it is now so i think he just said listen i've had my time it didn't work uh the execs had too much power now we've got a dc studios finally we have a dc studios which seems to have some level of independence from big warner brothers and he's obviously put his support and that's huge of him um i'm not surprised because i don't see Zack snyder whenever i've seen him in interviews whenever i've come across his work as being a big-headed egotistical kind of man everyone who's worked with him loves working with him says he's a wonderful director to work with and a nice human being so i'm not surprised that he's put his support behind james gunn because james gunn just wants to do what he wanted to do when he had the reins so brilliant that just makes me happy and maybe it'll like i said quieten the slightly more negative or blinkered um aspect of fanhood that's out there in the dc universe but you know that that's just my take what did you think yeah i think um you know if if they had talked and uh they didn't agree and zack snyder wasn't pleased with the idea i don't i think they still would have said this so this is very um front-facing positive message to put out there but um i i do think that you're right that it is going to silence a bit of the negative fans out there. And I think too, I think to a point, you know, if you want to move forward with, uh, with these DC films and, and going back to that cohesive vision, at some point you got to forget what the fans are saying, because yeah. a whole big section of the fans that love Zack Snyder now, we're talking smack oh, about Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. There's fair weather. I mean, you can't you can't listen to the mob. You just have to like move forward. And um, you know, and if this is true and they did have that good conversation, um, you know, you made the point, well, Zach's really happy with the world building that he's doing now, and that's great. But just leaving that door open in any capacity yes. down the road to get him involved, because I think one thing is Zack Snyder had a really good concept of these characters yes. and where they stand. Um, kind of rejecting Marvel's idea of the world outside your window and making these guys are gods. And, you know, it's a whole different thing. And, he, and his, his approach to that was pretty effective, especially when they let him, you know, they let him do what he wanted to do. So um, it, it's nice to just maybe think that in some capacity, we still have Zack Snyder in our back pocket down the road. So, who knows? Well, after Sony's interference with Spider-Man 3, um, the director, oh, blimey, his name escapes me at the moment, and I love his yeah, work. Man. That's Yes, here we go. Um, said that he doubted he'd ever work for Marvel again. But, hey, 
after um, Spider-Man No Way Home, he came and did Multiverse of Madness, and it was vintage, vintage. Um, it, it was brilliant. It was really, really good. So, fingers crossed with the piece made, um, we might still get a Zack Snyder DC movie further down the line, but um, obviously one that isn't hindered or overrun by Warner Brothers. And on that subject, let's talk about Batgirl. A film you and I and I think everyone on the team really, really wanted and were very sad when it was cancelled. But Brendan Fraser, may he live forever, has finally um, broken his silence and said what he thinks. And I'm with him 100 uh, percent. What did you make of the article on Brendan Fraser's thoughts yeah, on the script back on the movie? You know, I, I really am bummed that we didn't get to see more of the Glasgow as Gotham, the way he made it sound, sounded, you say it was a perfect piece of casting, casting Glasgow as um, Gotham. And I really wish we could have seen that. Everything about that, this whole thing, I just really bumps me out. I think in the entire time that we've been doing this podcast, that is the one story that has bummed me out the most. And as far as it being a half-baked film, you know, with the test screening, and you know, don't show something before it's ready. I I don't know how much that played into Warner Brothers' decision. I I think at the end of the day, it wasn't about the quality anyway. It was about it came down to money. I think they like to hide behind the fact that they said it was a bad test screening. It wasn't really watchable. I think that's I think that's nonsense because e- even so, even if it was a bad test screening, they, they can change it. You know, so I don't. I love Brendan Fraser, but I don't know how much the the test screening really played into Warner Brothers' decisions. But I, I just, I just really, really wish that we could have seen this movie. It's just such a shame that we didn't. It's yeah. heartbreaking, and I agree with you one hundred percent. It's nonsense, and Brendan's just trying to maybe make sense of it all by saying that, you know, you shouldn't judge a film on a test screening anyway, because as you say, it's not finished. That's not what the film's going to look like. Don't listen to that. And surely test screenings of Joss Whedon's Justice League can't have been fantastic. Uh, and and how did films like, um, again, I keep coming back to it. How did films like Halle Berry's Catwoman ever get released? Yes, she was great and she looks fantastic, but that film was a complete, complete uh, mess and it still saw the light of day so i'm sorry nothing even in a test screening unfinished film could have been as bad as some of the films that have been released and seen the light of day so um but i love the way that brendan stood up for it said that what they shot was fantastic it was finished it was going into post-production and that would have made it perfectly watchable Ah, it's lovely that he said that, but it, it almost rubs salt in the moon saying that oh, another reason for it not to be cancelled. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's Warner Brothers wanting to go in a different direction, wanting to save money, claim as a tax write off, and that's that. So, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. The one movie that we will be seeing is Shazam Fury of the Gods. And yes. we, got, uh, we did get another TV spot uh, as we get closer to the release date. Uh, so what did, what did you think of this TV spot? Um, it was like um, shortened highlights of the second trailer, really, wasn't it? Um, lovely. I mean, Zachary Levi's 
enthusiasm, um, the set pieces, the cast, everything about this film is screaming to me quality. Everything about this film is screaming to me family viewing. This is a movie you can go and see in the theatre and you know you're going to enjoy it. You're going to have fun. So that's it. That That's all I really care about. The TV spot was less than a minute of fun. And we need comic book movies that people can enjoy. I mean, while I'm more of a fan of the darker stuff, I've got plenty of room for a fun family-based um, action movie. And there were plenty of dark moments in the first one. And with these villains, I still think there are going to be a few in the second one as well. I mean, come on, dragons and um, Shazam calling the villain Khaleesi. Yeah, okay. Love it. Absolutely love it. What yeah. did you make of it? Yeah, I, um, I, I agree. I love that um, this is something for the whole family. And, you know, when you say for the whole family, what that generally means is, well, the kids can go to it too and like it. But in this, what I think this, when I say it right now for this, is that it's something that also the adults will enjoy. That was something that was Layers. really good about, yeah. what about the first one was that uh, everybody could enjoy it. Uh, and, and it knew it knew what to do with the character. It knew who the character was. And that's very important getting to these films. And everything I've seen about the second one is that way. And I think that it was stuff, most of the stuff we've seen before, but that little more dialogue from the pediatrician uh, at the very beginning gives a little more of the character-driven part of, uh, of the movie. And I think that... Um, that was kind of uh, that makes me excited for it too. So it's gonna, you know, like you said, we're gonna have layers. It's not gonna just be people hitting each other for two hours, you know. And, and I think that, yeah, I, I think um, I think this is gonna be good. Absolutely, I agree. It's gonna be a family film for the right reasons. It's not just gonna be one for the kids. It's one we can all watch and different audiences will get different messages and get different jokes. And that's the kind of film I really, really like. And that's what the first Shazam had too. But this one's come right out of left field after a comic book crossover and the announcement good few years ago. Now that the uh, collaboration between DC and Rooster Teeth, we're now actually getting animated movies, plural, because this is part one. We've had a trailer for justice league, RWBY Superheroes Huntsman Part 1 and a pretty cool trailer it was and because it's you I love these new redesigned superhero costumes for, for our favourites um, you've got to have an opinion on that this this looks pretty cool yeah that was going to be my big takeaway from this trailer uh, is the look of the characters that very anime inspired uh, whether it's the costumes and just the look of the animation overall. Uh, and the, what we saw the story, it seems like uh, a very cool but humorous YA novel come to animated life. And that makes me think that this could really capture the zeitgeist right now. Uh, between as popular as anime is, and um, YA, I think that there's a certain audience that this is catered to, and it's a pretty big audience that could that could really love it. I mean, as it is, Rooster Teeth is pretty huge, so DC was kind of smart to um, to partner with them, and it just looks like it just looks like a lot of fun. Like most of these animated DC movies, I mean, I think everybody here on this podcast is a fan of uh, of the animated movies, and and DC has always got those animated movies 
right. I mean, from the very beginning. So I think this is another, you know, continuing that tradition. It looks like, you know, this looks like a lot of fun. It, it's a fantastic partnership, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, what's great about it is, I mean, I don't know if it's similar in the US, but in recent years, manga and anime have actually started outselling superhero books here in the UK. They're huge following. And this is, like you said, the perfect little product to to get both fans of both genres interested in reading one or the other if it gets anime and manga fans into reading dc books and dc fans into reading manga anime uh, reading manga and watching anime then everybody wins again so nice yeah i'm all for manga if it brings kids to the comic shops or even bookstores uh, i'm there for anything that gets people Uh, reading yeah yep absolutely absolutely and with that, we're going to move into uh, some TV and streaming news. And uh, man, the Flash showrunner has teased what could have been uh, the next crossover in the CD, CW Arrowverse world, and it would have been uh, Blackest Night. Oh, uh, man, what could have been? Uh, what do you think of this? <sighs> this kind of news breaks my heart <laughs> because... Honestly, that whole saga, that whole storyline was just great. It married um, superheroics, huge cosmic dramas, horror. It was just great. And they were teasing it. Diggle's character and, and, and oh, man. Um, I almost wish they hadn't told us this because now you just think, oh, what could have been? Um, but hey, um, it seems like we're getting some kind of uh, metal, death metal, crisis, flashpoint kind of thing instead. And um, Josh, um, our editor in chief, shared a very intriguing image. And I'm not going to give too much away because I don't want to spoil too much. But we are definitely, it's no longer a rumor, we are definitely getting the Red Death in the final season of The Flash. But Red Death's identity is a huge twist and a massive surprise. So we may not be getting um, Blackest Night, but what we are getting looks pretty cool anyway. So I can deal. What about yourself? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I wish we could have seen it. Um, but also, you know, I'm trying to look ahead as all these new announcements come down and these new plans and thinking that maybe what we have in store is really cool. Like we say, even with the show, we got red death. Um, so I'm very optimistic about where things are going. Um, and I, I think that we'll still get some cool stuff. And you know what, if nothing else, we may not have gotten black as but we did get, a crisis on infinite earth that was oh, much yes. better it was than uh, I ever thought it was going to be, or even should have been given, you know, that it was on network TV with all the restraints that they have on them. But oh, yeah. we, that actually exists and we got it and it was done well. So no matter what we had that. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I don't want to get too upset about what could have been instead of just focusing on what is and or what was and what will be. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my take. 
There you go. The DC Comics News broadcast team. Paragons of positivity. <laughs> we'll never let the bad news get us down. We'll always be glasses half full. And we have no kryptonite. Damn it. You no, know, that's that's how I am because I yeah, absolutely you, you notice I don't I don't say a whole lot of negative stuff like, oh, I'm not looking forward to that. Because I I think there's always potential in these ideas. It may not always get it, but there's always potential. And I'm always rooting that we get something good rather than something bad and i think uh, right now I, th- I think that we're in a pretty good uh batting average as far as the good as opposed to the bad whether it's the comics the movies animated uh movies tv shows so you know like i always say it's a good time to be uh, a dc fan and we're always champions of watch the damn thing first so even though i'm not um, super excited about a second Constantine film. I'll still see it. I'll still give it yeah. a shot. I'll still watch yeah. it. So that's the way it should be. Don't blow everything out of the water just because you don't think you're going to like it before you even yeah. see it. But something that yeah. is coming, um, we might not be getting Blackest Night, we are getting a whole season of Gotham Knights. It's wrapped filming season one. But is it going to be one of those ones that makes it to a season two? Or will it be another one of those that gets cut due to the new slate of DC and TV that's coming? Um, what do you make of this story? I think that even it, uh, will it get cut, it's hard to say because the fan reaction to the trailers was not good. And that leaves me wondering. Um, but you know, back to the whole optimism thing, uh, you know, it could be good. Uh, I'm still going to watch it and see what happens. And I'm glad that they filmed the whole season. So I feel that even if something happens where they don't get to broadcast the whole season, that maybe they'll put the whole season up uh, on streaming at some point so that at least it'll exist and hopefully we can see it. Hopefully it won't be a, a Batgirl situation because um, I, I'm a bad <laughs> I'm a bit of a completist, so if I start a series, I'm going to want to finish it, even if I don't necessarily love it. I'll still want to see what happens. So, you know, my fingers are crossed. Um, I'm hoping the fans respond and hoping it's better than I think a lot of people are expecting it to be. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm kind of you know glad that a whole season is going is going to exist, and maybe that means that the bean counters. Uh, are pretty optimistic, you know, optimistic themselves about how it's how the reaction is going to be, and the quality of of the show. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a two hour movie that they can just can it and say no lesson learned. We're not going to release that. They filmed twenty episodes of TV that has to that has to be released. And twenty episodes, that's good. It's yeah. not like a smaller season. That you know, some seasons, you know, they're not sure how it's going to go, so we'll do thirteen. Mm-hmm. you know or at the eight. most 16 yeah, or eight yeah, you know but yeah. here we have 20 so that's that's um that's interesting too uh one thing i am super excited about uh is that uh, i think you'll love this too <laughs> the kite man spin-off series oh, yeah. of the harley quinn animated series is still in the works amid all the new announcements that's still going forward thank you what what was your uh, what was your takeaway from this? A, it's by the same people that make Harley Quinn. That has it for me. 
job done. Same writers, same producers, same directors, same voice cast, same irreverent insanity, same violence, same nonsense, same innuendo. Take my money. Sign me up. I'm there. 100%. Kite Man? TV show? Hell yeah. In the immortal words of Tom King, who we have to admit, would we even have Kite Man if not for Tom King resurrecting the character and making him an icon of mediocrity? Um, listen, this Kite Man was a character who, before the Tom King run of Batman, I could have honestly forgotten about. He's like stilt man from marvel and crazy quilt those villains that you just want to forget but now i love the guy his broken heart with poison ivy um and the way they're selling this show with harley's a crazy crime drama um this is cheers man sold i'm really looking forward to this i hope we get it in the uk we got harley quinn here one of the few hbo max dc universe shows we got so i'm hoping we get kite man as well i mean you've got to be pumped as well right oh yeah i can't wait i wanted to see the continuation of his story anyway um this is one of those you know if, if you would have told like a 10 year old me 12 year old me hey there's going to be a kite man tv show even if it's animated years when you're you know, right when you're middle age <laughs> i would just get out of here but yeah here we are and i love it and the fact that it's it, that it's run by the same people that run the end the harley quinn show i could like you said crazy you could have a crazy cool show if it was run by the same guy I, yeah I'm, I'm i'm all for it so i uh yeah i can't wait to see what they do with this i'm so psyched uh, and people out there, if you haven't watched the Valentine special, watch it. You are in for a treat. Um, so funny. And longer than the regular episode. It was like a you know 40 minute episode. And you did get a little peek at Kite Man. So anyway, yeah, I more please, you know, they could I, I'm just wishing that they would have a Bane spinoff or you know, or King Shark spinoff, you know, or Clayface spinoff. All those characters are so it great. It can happen. Anything, you know. Um, I, I think that Seth would be rooting for a Bane or Frank spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think he's right there for all of those. Anything that gives Seth uh, an opportunity to do the Bane voice, oh. I'm there. <laughs> Anything that gives Seth the opportunity to do the Bane voice, I'm there. <laughs> Definitely, one hundred percent. Oh, well, that brings us to the end of TV news. Um, so let's step away from the screen and let's open the four colour pages that inspired all of it. And very sadly, we're starting with some tragic news. Um, Lee Moda, oh man, I love this guy's art. Oof, co-creator of Stargirl has passed away at, um, for me, a very uh, poignant age, 53, which is the age I will turn next month um so so sad um and completely out of nowhere you, you must be as heartbroken as as yeah. all his fans yeah i mean it's uh, we've been losing a lot of artists in i mean it's like it's been it's been a rough two years for the comics mm-hmm. industry lots of lots of losses and this is just another one um i I loved his art. I loved his interpretation of the character. And 
I don't, without, I mean, obviously he was kind of the co-creator, but just the whole image that he created, I don't think we'd have a Stargirl TV show the way it is if it wasn't for for his work. And that's just a shame. And, you know, so young, you know, Mm. he should have had years and years more of of work. And it's just, it's uh, it's just a shame. I I hate these these stories and I hope that, (sighs) I hope that we don't have to report on it seems like every other week we have to talk about somebody else passing. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a bummer. He's just one of those guys that, like you said, um, his star girl run was a massive influence on the TV series. I mean, mm-hmm. huge. And he was just one of those artists who was more than just like a comic book artist who could slap a few heroes together and draw explosions and giant robots. I mean, he could do all that stuff with the best of them. But like you say, it's his storytelling, his the way his characters emoted, his facial expressions, the the body language. He's one of those brilliant storytellers in that and it's because of him i think the star girl worked as a character every bit as much down to jeff johns's scripts um so this one i, f- I feel this one quite a lot because you probably do too because we're both huge star girl fans um so it's so sad but at these comics news what we want to do is just send our love to lee's family his friends and everyone who worked with him i mean we're fans we're not quite as close to the subject matter or to the man himself as those people so love respect and our, our deepest condolences to, to everyone who knew him yeah yep. yep absolutely and a little happier news uh tom taylor is going to Crossover his injustice world to the adventures of Superman. Oh, so, yeah. oh you have to love this. <laughs> injustice was the first Tom Taylor comic I read. And as soon as I read it, I thought, this guy's good. Because he said it many times, even in the recent interview that led to this article we're talking about this evening, he always said that um he couldn't really be behind a Superman that did these things. He could never believe that our Superman would ever get to this, but to have the opportunity to write these stories and tell uh, uh, audiences about a Superman who did act this way was something that really stretched his creativity and made him the writer he is today because uh, agreed. I mean, I don't think the Superman of our world would ever, ever do that no matter what he was tricked into doing. So this series has got me, Oh, so excited. John Kent traveling through the multiverse. This this for me is one of the big reasons why the reintroduction of the multiverse in Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths was a brilliant idea. Because with Infinite Earths, you've got infinite storytelling possibilities. And let's put it this way. Superman went crazy because he was tricked into killing a pregnant Lois Lane. Could that have been that universe's Jonathan and having that child would mean that he'd remain the superheroic Superman that we know and love. So what's confronting his teenage son going to do to this dark Superman? I mean, I can't wait. And once you have a hero from our Earth visiting the Injustice Earth, both stories written by Tom Taylor, What's to stop a crossover with the worlds of the deceased 
universe also created by Tom Taylor. I mean, like I said, these possibilities, loving it. How about you? Yeah, I am excited. I, I, you know, Injustice was also my first Tom Taylor comic. And I remember reading the, the first trade and thinking, this Whoa. is so much better than I was expecting. I kept putting who is this Tom Taylor? Who is this yeah. guy? Yeah. And man, it was just so good. Um, I, I, I still say that, that now we have two amazing video game adaptations. Yeah. We have The Last of Us mm-hmm. now, and we have the Injustice comics. Uh, and and it, not only that, but it was based on a fighting game, which aren't necessarily known for the stories. But he just, he captured exactly what, you know, years of the Superman going crazy. I mean, I, he just, it was so good. Uh, and that makes me want to read anything that has his name on it. The fact that he's going back yeah, to that world absolutely. With, with the Superman. And like, and like you said, the infinite storytelling, the Jonathan Kent conundrums. I mean, and if anybody can deal with that, uh, I think Tom Taylor can do uh, just an absolute amazing job. So I, I'm very excited about this. Um, anything that, you know, that anything that has a two Tom's name on it, I'm there for it. Tom Taylor, Tom King, mm-hmm. they Same. are, and James Tynion, to me, those guys are the Alan Moore, uh, Garth Dennis, uh, Neil Gaiman of our current uh, generation of comics. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all about this. I'm, I'm really excited. Considering it was based on a video game, it almost had no business being as brilliant as it was. Yeah. The only other comic book property that's based on a video game that's come even close to that, and again, I expected to hate it and had no business being as good as it was, was the Batman Fortnite um, crossover. That mm-hmm. comic book series was awesome as well. So um, in Taylor, we trust. Yep. Yep. And uh, we're also getting a uh, Poison Ivy ongoing news. series. So that's, that's kind of a cool thing. What was uh, your take on this? I adore G. Willow Wilson as a writer. And as a person, actually, now now I've got to meet her at the recent Thought Bubble convention. Um, she's just thoughtful, considerate, and she just comes across as someone who gets and loves these characters. So when I heard she was writing Poison Ivy, I thought, oh, that's awesome. But six issues, really? And then when issue four released, DC announced, no, we're extending it to 12. And I thought... 12 issues, oh, that's more like it. Brilliant. And the, I don't know if you've been reading the Poison Ivy miniseries, but I thought, man, I don't even know if 12 issues is going to be enough. She's killing it. She's introduced background characters mm-hmm. that are awesome. And now Harley's been brought in. So to hear that it's now becoming an ongoing with the same creative team, this is music to my ears. This is the kind of news I love because honestly, um, Poison Ivy has now really, really hit her stride with both the success of the character in the Harley Quinn show and now this brilliant comic book. Mm-hmm. Poison Ivy is getting her time in the sun and I hope she photosynthesizes her heart out and grows to immense proportions, taking over the fields and valleys and forests of the entire world. Ongoing series. I'm yeah. reading it. Yeah, um, me too. Uh, I've been I've been a fan of hers. Uh, 
since uh, the series she had on Vertigo uh, Air. God, when was that? Two thousand. So that was a mm-hmm. oh, maybe seven, maybe even earlier than that. But I thought that series was a lot of fun. And then she went on to create one of, um, I think, one of the most important newer characters that went on to have a life much bigger than she was expecting, and that's Miss Marvel. Yeah. So, and I've seen her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. And I've seen her also speak at uh, panels at different conventions. Always has uh, really good insight. So, yeah. And and I love the character of Poison Ivy, and I can't wait to see what she does with it. Um, going back to the Harley animated series, um, that's a great, great version of Ivy. And there's just been a lot of, I, I, I like the Ivy stuff that we got <clears throat> in Fear State. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so uh, I just think that there's a lot there that um, she can build on. And I'm, I'm yeah, uh, I haven't read the issue yet, so I'm waiting for the trade, but I'm really excited. The trade's coming out of the first six issues. Yeah, yeah, it's imminent. Yeah. And man, um, I think you're right. I think it's good that there was just so much to keep going. Uh, I have a feeling like she like pitched it, like, look, no, we can continue this and have all these ideas going forward that I think, uh, I think we're going to be in for, uh, in for a treat with this series. Sign me up. Yeah. Yep. And that brings us uh, to uh, the end of another uh, episode of DC Comics News. Uh, before we go, uh, Steve, where can people find you out there in the world? Most weeks, I'm going to try and make them all if I can on this wonderful show with my wonderful friends, Brad, Seth, Kelly. Maybe we'll have Kendra back soon. Damien's now joined us, the site owner, and we're having fun again. I've missed this and I'm so glad it's back. So right here, if you want to hear me and actually now you can even see us as well, dear viewer, stroke listener, stroke DC fan. Um, But to talk to me directly, you can always catch me on social media, most active on Twitter and Facebook, but Twitter's the easiest, just at lstevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. I also write for DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, and the site I created, Fantastic Universes. To get to those, just type Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes into your search engine of choice to take you to my news reviews, features and interviews across those three wonderful websites. And Brad, my brother, my Mr. Motivator of the Couture. Where can the world find you? Uh, you can find me uh, writing news reviews at DC Comics News. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, FlickyB1 uh, and also on the uh, our Quinn Mad Love podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll get back to that uh, soon. Um, and, and I just... Before we go, I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to Reebok. I was hoping you'd be able to see the logo, but uh, they have a really cool line of uh, DC stuff um, out now, shoes, hoodies, t-shirts. So definitely visit Reebok's website and check that out if you're a DC fan. Uh, Stuff is is really great. Um, So yeah, definitely check that out. And what about you, Steve? Is there anything that you've been reading DC-wise or watching that you, you wanted to mention? I'm glad you asked. This Tuesday, Valentine's Day, Sandman, 
book five is out um distributed by penguin random house published by dc comics it collects the stuff that came after the initial 76 issue run by neil gaiman this book is gorgeous it sits lovely with the first four volumes on your bookshelf this one contains the sandman midnight theater crossover co-written by matt wagner it contains the novella painted artwork version of the dream hunters and it contains the complete endless nights graphic novel with seven different stories based on the seven different endless it's at a steal of a price around 30 bucks Pick it up for the Sandman or Gaiman fan in your life. They will thank you for it. Check out my review on DC Comics News. Definite must-buy for any Sandman fan. And this book, actually, you can read by itself. And I'm sure if this doesn't get you hooked on the Sandman universe, nothing will. And it's the second-to-last book. Book six will be out at the end of the year. That will contain Overture. It will also contain mm. the comic book version of Dream Hunters and... Uh, this Neil Gaiman curated Sandman Universe issue one, which led to all the brand new Sandman Universe books that we're currently reading and reviewing on DC Comics news for you now. So definitely give that a pick up. It's a great book. But hey, uh, as we always say every week, everyone just needs to read more comics. <laughs> all right, have a good week, everybody. Take care. <laughs>